welcome to another edition of our church podcast, LM Church Podcast. Pastor Kev, we welcome you around the Thank table. Thank you. It's good to be here. Once again, we're so delighted that you have joined us, whether you're watching online or you are listening to our podcast. Uh, we're just happy uh, to say that uh, we've got you with us. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we bless God for you. Hey, if you missed last week, uh, you missed a great conversation, but you also miss Pastor Kevin, the rapper. The rapper. I don't know about that. Kev, did you get any, any uh, feedback from that? Uh, were people just amazed at your skills? I think they were amazed at, at the audacity that I had to do it. <laughs> so, you know, for all of our listeners out there who haven't listened to that podcast, you might just want to fast forward the first couple minutes till you pass the rapping part. No, no, you don't. <laughs> you want to make sure that you listen to it because this is something that we will forever remember you, <laughs> Pastor Kev, not only as an amazing gifted pastor to our young people, but a rapper taking on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's song Mercy. and turning it into a church, religious, Jesus song. Who would have thought? Who would have thought, man? So that was, that was the highlight of my day, seriously, <laughs> man. I, that really was. When I was done and I had so much going on, like that, just thinking about you rapping that song oh, was a blessing. I shared that, people's smiles on their faces. Oh, I shared that with my family, my brother. <laughs> Everybody was just in it, man. So oh, um, man. I hope that we get a little bit more of something like that. Is there something else you got down there? We'll see. There's no promises, but we'll see. No promises. All right. All right. Hey, we, uh, we're back at it. We're going to get in it. Uh, but before we do, we got some food uh, around the table. And uh, last week, we had some uh, really good Middle Eastern food. This week, uh, Pastor Kev actually chose the food that we're eating today. Yep. And I want to let him talk a little bit about that and uh, let you know where you can actually get this. Yes. Okay. So uh, for our listeners out there today, we are eating from Mementos Cafe at Grossmont Center uh, in La Mesa. Uh, so for those of you who do not know, we're eating chilaquiles. And chilaquiles is a Mexican dish. Mm -hmm. It has comes with uh, some tortillas, right? Uh, you got some red sauce or some green sauce on there. You Typically, you can either have uh, egg or you can put chicken or beef in there. But we're vegetarian and I don't eat eggs, so... It's okay. You, you don't need necessarily need to have it, but this place mm -hmm. is bomb. We have some awesome sour cream, some cheese, some nice uh, onions on there. It's, it's, it's a great eat. Um, but what I find funny um, is in Nicaragua, or more or less my dad. So th mm -hmm. the dish is called chilaquiles. Right. My dad calls these peores nada. Okay. So if for those of you who do, don't know what uh, don't know Spanish, peores nada is, is literally translated is it's worse to have nothing. Uh, better off like it, it you know what I'd rather have this than have nothing you know uh, because I mean it's just tortillas with some sauce tortillas on it tortillas with some sauce on it you know so that, that's that's how I, I knew these growing up I didn't learn the term chilaquiles until years later so but they're still good I'm not they're I'm, good they're so good so if you have not tried these out I highly suggest I mean I appreciate the recommendation man I, I would say that these are up there as far as the chilaquiles that I've tasted I mean hands down the best for me as a shout out to my, my suegra, my mother-in-law, because uh, she, she makes the most amazing chilaquiles. So, of course, I got to say hers are number one. Absolutely. And then below that, I'm going to go with Momentos, Come bro. Come on. 
really, really good. So I appreciate this uh, recommendation from Kev today, and uh, I really am enjoying this meal as we talk together today. Going into temptation number two, we're going to look at, uh, for those who are maybe just joining us uh, for the first time, we've been looking at the temptations of Jesus last week. We spent time looking at temptation number one, uh, where Jesus is invited and tempted by the enemy to turn stones into bread, turn stones into bread. And one of the things that we looked at and uh, we spent time just um, breaking down is this struggle to always try to be relevant and Mm -hmm. in performance mode somehow we have lost and uh, we have succumbed to this belief that our worth is tied to what we do. Yeah. And we hammered at that. We talked about uh, the traps that we experience in life uh, because of success and at times cause it causing us to find uh, our, our value and worth outside of God's love for us. But we know, man, we know um, that uh, Jesus wins yes, yes, and we know that our life is not about what we do but about what has been done for Come us on, speak on that. and that's where our success lies and man to just live with that conviction to be deeply moved by the truth dude that uh, that Jesus has won this thing and that my value comes from what Jesus has done I mean that's the gospel in a nutshell that's awesome so today we're going to number two, and I want to read this, uh, this passage of Scripture that you find in the Gospel of Matthew chapter five, uh, chapter four, excuse me, verse five and six, and listen to what it says, and we're going to talk about this today, temptation number two, temptation number two, and it says this, the devil took him, that's Jesus, to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against mm. the stone. If temptation one was about my worth being tied to what I do, I want to suggest, Kevin, that temptation two is tied to what I have. Wow. My worth being tied to what I have. Listen to what Satan tells Jesus. It's almost like he takes him up to this mountain and he says, hey, look around. Look at all this stuff that you see in front of you. Look at everything you have. And the temptation, I think, is to often feel like we don't have anything. Mm. Yeah. Like we're not worth anything, that I haven't done anything, that I'm a nobody. And I think those are the voices that we hear often from the enemy, those negative voices that plague our mind, that constantly tell us um, that we don't have anything, mm-hmm. that we're not worth anything. So today, Kev, I want you to break down for our listeners today, maybe the struggle the struggle that that our culture that our culture influences us with this idea that we kind of have to be spectacular and popular 
that the devil will play on our fears uh, and security issues of who we are. Why, why is it such a struggle for human beings to somehow measure their, their success or who they are by what they own? Why is it that culture continues to push down our throats that we need to have things in order to feel worthy? Well, I think it has to do with, a lot of it has to do with how culture has set up how, how what we attribute our worth to, mm. right? So last week we kind of we kind of talked about you know what we do right and how what we do is what defines our worth right today we're kind of looking at how culture also what it does it's not just what you do that defines your worth it's also what you have, what you have yeah right yeah so so whether it be you know what how much you have in the bank uh, how much you have invested mm-hmm. uh, the properties that you own what kind of shoes you got what kind of clothes you wear. Uh, you know the kind of car that you drive even right so the the job that you have like it all has to do with that right right and and culture what really what it does is it 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 establishes this precedent that everything that you own defines who you are mm-hmm. right so if you don't have all these things you you you're not enough right you haven't done enough right and so every, everything that you do is measured by what you have right Right. And so I feel like there's this there's this desire, especially amongst young people. Mm. And I can attribute this to like to to my little brother Mm -hmm. because he he, it's funny if if you've seen him, he's like a little mini me. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because our styles are so different. Right. I think I try to go with a little I try to do a little more dapper look and he tries to do a little more street style. Okay. And so he he's trying to, you know, right now he's really into buying shoes and selling shoes so he's flipping shoes he's trying to make money flipping shoes and he always talks about like you know about about buying more shoes about the kind of shoes that he has how cool they look all this stuff and I I see the shoes and I'm like personally I'm not a fan of them you know I know a lot of people really like you know Jordans Jordan ones and all these right but I'm not I'm not the not the biggest fan but he loves it because he's like oh you see like look look how dope I look simply because I have these kind of shoes Mm. And so a lot of the times they, they try to show off what they have when in reality what will end up happening is they'll, someone will see the, shoe and the shoes and they're like, dang, dude, those are dope. And they'll give one compliment and that's it. So the amount of money that they dropped to buy those pair of shoes was worth one compliment. Wow, wow. That's crazy, man. And isn't that something though, but we live kind of, I think, with, with this notion of what I call critics math. Mm. And so, like, it's this idea that you can have, like, 20,000 people tell you something amazing. Yep. And we're addicted to that. Yep. And then you have that one person that comes and tells you something negative Negative. or bad. And it just wipes out everything else that people said. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the reason why is, again, because we are so tempted to really believe that my worth is tied to what I have, mm-hmm. that my worth is tied to things. And so, like, think about it, man. It's, it's, it's always about who's got the bigger car. Yep. Who's got the most degrees? Who's got the best church? Come on, for preachers and Come pastors. On, that's real. Uh, who's got the most beautiful body? Who's got the most attractive boyfriend girlfriend spouse uh who's got the most comfortable life right who's got the best education who's got the most degrees and so we live in this culture of more 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 
And it's, it's kind of ingrained in us yeah. since we're kids that, that my worth and my value is tied to what I have. Wow. Again, Kev, the devil takes Jesus up to this mountain and says, look at all this. You can have all this as if having all this makes me something. Yeah. As if having all this gives me my value. And um, I think it, it is okay to say today that the trap that we've got to be careful mm. with and we've got to really be mindful of is this idea that um, if we operate under what we're talking about, where my worth is tied to what I have and about having more, then we will find ourselves, this is, this is the fear I have, being addicted to what others think about us, mm. whether it's good or bad. So you can say something to me and it may be good and it may be bad, but then I start to care yeah. about what others think. So here, here's, I'm going to interrupt and I'm going to ask, have, has that, have, have you ever been in a moment like that? Oh, of course, man. Of course. I, I think that uh, there was, there was I, I think I even shared this with our church at one time, but while I was working on uh, my doctorate of ministry, mm -hmm. my doctoral program, I, um, I did two, two semesters of it and you know, I got out. I had, I had a moment where I had to really ask myself, like, why am I doing this? Mm. I had to be honest with myself and start asking, is it about the degree so that I can have like that DR in front of my name? Yeah. And I can have uh, those accolades and everything that comes with it. Um, was it because I really felt like I, I, I thought this degree would, would give me a greater impact to serve in the kingdom of God? Uh, or was it simply that I felt like I had to keep up mm. like with people um, and uh, in just keep up with some of my colleagues and friends who were having these degrees? And, mm. and so I had to really do some self-evaluation and being honest with myself. And I realized that at the end of the day, man, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. One of the main reasons I was doing it was because I actually cared mm more in about what people thought of me than yeah. I did about God. I was actually addicted to this idea that, man, if I have this, then maybe so-and-so will think of me differently mm -hmm. or respect me more um, or I would have a greater type of influence. And that's yeah. not to say that this stuff is wrong and this stuff is bad. Like, I, I want to return and, and finish and complete my degree. I do want to do all that again. But I had to really spend time evaluating why I was doing what I was doing attempting to do and it goes back again to this second temptation that somehow I believe that my worth and value of who Reuben was and is was tied simply to what I have yeah. and it just goes across the board Kev not only from education but it goes to just life in general and to having things and it's it's this consumption of of being these these overbearing and overeating human beings that think that the more we have that the better we are. And I, so, so I actually have something interesting yeah, to, to bring up because I think what, what we're talking about right now is we, we attribute our self-worth based on how other people see us, mm -hmm. right? And I know for, if you knew how I, some people, I know some, I've shown, I've shown some people some pictures of how it used to look like. Remember back then I had yeah. some like curly long hair, hair yeah. really long curly hair, right? Dreads, bro. Yeah, bro. It was, it was nasty. It, like, it, it was like I had a mushroom on my head, right? <laughs> But what's interesting is 
people don't realize, and, and I, I, I thank God for this. I call this my glow up, all right? Because if you saw me back then compared to how I am now, right, there, there was a huge glow up, right? And I was a late bloomer because I don't think my glow up happened until like junior year of, of college, which okay. is very late wow. for some people. But what's interesting is I remember that at some point, I, I completely changed up my style, right? And up until now, like I, I love fashion. I follow a bunch of YouTube accounts and, and I try to stay up to date. I like to see what's out there. And I remember at some point I attributed, you know, my worth to like how good I looked. Yeah. yeah. You know? And it's so easy to do though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And and yeah. again, I think easier to do because of like because of what we where we live and the and the culture that we live in and then everything that again is smack in our face, whether that's social media or online or TV, that just makes us believe that we have to be yeah. that. And I think it sets like an unrealistic standard. Yeah. But it, I think it, it goes a step further too because it's not it's not just clothes, you know. I'm gonna take it a step further and I might my, I might offend some people, mm. but like just a quick caveat, like for those listening, I'm sorry, but you know, this is this is me just presenting an opinion. Feel free to disagree. Mm-hmm. But I think my my big problem in t- in today's in today's age is when we 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 when our worth is found too much in how we look. Right, whether it be the clothes that you wear, whether it be uh, the jewelry that you have, or the, or, or, or I'll even say like the makeup that you put on. Yeah. Because I and and this is where this is where I feel for for women because I know that they have this insane standard because I feel like like there there's there's a huge dilemma when it comes to beauty in in a woman's world, right? Because there's a huge comparison sure. like, oh, am I pretty enough? Or oh, do I I don't look like like her? You know, like these models that are out there, or you know, I'm not super fit either. And and, and there's 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 a lot of body shaming yeah. in it, right? And so I know that for women, they 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 go through through a lot mentally, and 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 that affects them emotionally too. But I think I think the I look at the Bible, right, and where where Paul talks about like modesty, right, mm-hmm. and how our worth shouldn't be about our outward appearance, but it should be inwardly, right? And I feel like some people, what ends up happening is they focus so much on their outward appearance, right? And they say like, oh, I, I don't have a, I feel like I, I can't say too much on this because I'm a guy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's coming from a guy's perspective. But also like if, if you attribute how good you look based on what you wear, what you put on, right? Then, then maybe when we look in a mirror, we're not super happy with how we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... My problem is if we step outside, right, and if we can't step outside unless we put on makeup, unless we've, ha- we've put on some, like, some sort of jewelry on, unless we put on our best clothes possible, right, if we don't feel comfortable just going out and, and being ourselves, then I think there's a problem because now you're just attributing so much your worth on how you look like and how you want other people to perceive you versus allowing other people to, to know you for you. Yeah. And I think that's what, when the Bible's talking about modesty, right, about sh- showing what's inside, right? Because from, you know, what Jesus says, it's from what the inside, what comes out of the mouth that, that really defines a person, right? It's who you are on the inside that matters the most. And I feel like Jesus also is attributing like, you know what, it's not, it's not about what I have. My, the physical, like the physical is just temporary. That, that, that sure. doesn't matter. There's so much more, right? Like the kingdom of God is what defines me. Amen. And I find that super interesting about how, how relatable this temptation is because it's something that humans go through on a day-to-day basis. On day-to-day basis. And, and the, the power in this temp, these temptations that we're reading is that Jesus has conquered. Yeah. And so it's, like we can't say that Jesus hasn't experienced some of the stuff that I've gone through. Absolutely. 
because he has, and he's conquered, and he's won. But yeah, I, I appreciate those observations. I actually would be curious to hear uh, our female listeners, yeah. the response that they have to that, because I'd like to know from their perspective and their angle that struggle and what that's like um, to have to um, feel that you have to do certain things uh, in order to, to present yourself yeah. in a way that, that makes maybe you feel better. And so maybe part of that, th there's a certain thin line, like maybe mm -hmm. some of that is okay, but when does it become extreme? Yeah, right? exactly. And I think that's the question that, that I probably would want to ask. But I know as a father, there are things that I have to think of and I think of often about my daughter, Mia, who's now seven, and uh, she's growing up in this world that we're talking about, this culture that, that, we're, that we're addressing today that, that makes you believe that your worth is tied to what you have. Yeah. And so now having to raise this, this girl of mine in this kind of world uh, where she's on social media well no she's not on social media she's on youtube well, and i monitor she, it thank god she's not on social media man, yet no, listen man <laughs> um no she's she's not on social media in fact she was talking about um i don't know her she, she and her best friend uh her best friend's moving sadly um and so uh, she was talking about i don't know how we got on the subject of getting married and and stuff like that and i said yeah you're not gonna get married till you're 30 or something like that. I was just kind of playing. Yeah. And she said, no, dad, uh, or you're not going to have a boyfriend until you're 30. She said, no, I'm 21, like when I'm 21. <laughs> so my thought was, all right, hey, I can hang with that. 21. At that point, you adult. Man. You, you know, that made me feel Props actually pretty good, man. It made me feel pretty good. I started to like no longer sweat and get anxious and, and worried and stuff like that. But all that to say, and here we have these, these young children, these, these kids, these girls and boys that are growing up in this world that is filled with temptation and the struggle to be spectacular and popular mm -hmm. that somehow I've got to be these things mm -hmm. in order to feel good about myself in order to define who I am but what we're learning is that your worth Kev and my worth and the worth of my daughter and our our daughters and 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 our sons is not tied to what they have yeah. it's ultimately tied to who we are in Absolutely. Christ, right? And so we've got to move away from this trap that will constantly sink us like quicksand if we're looking to always to, to, to always look towards those who, um, who say things about us, who believe things about us, and really just being addicted to, to what others have to say, mm -hmm. whether it's good or bad. And I think it's a process. Oh, definitely. I think it's a journey. Um, I wish I would have kind of learned this early on in my ministry uh, because it's easy, if I, if I can be transparent and honest, when I was starting off just like you in ministry, man, where I really, um, I really cared a lot about what people said, whether that was from the pulpit and the sermon that I preached or the type of, um, you know, the way that I spoke to somebody or... Um, you know, the way that, that I smiled or didn't smile mm. and, and like people would, would make me feel a certain way based on what they said, man. And I wish I would have learned that when I was younger uh, to get to that place where the solution of everything that we're talking about today is ultimately to remember this. You and me are not what others think of us. Mm. Our worth is not what others think of you, Kev, or think of myself. True freedom comes when we believe more in what God says yeah. about us than what others say. Absolutely. Just sitting in that, that's, that's the true freedom. So 
So we're trying to give you the solution today, and we know it's a process, but to just start with this conviction that I am not what others think of Absolutely. me. That the freedom that I need the most is gonna come from believing more in what God says about you and me than what others say. I wanna end with this um, passage of scripture. Actually, it's, it's in the chapter before Matthew chapter uh, four, which we were talking about the temptations. And uh, this happens uh, right before the temptations. Jesus is baptized before he goes into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And listen to this passage of scripture that is so beautiful about Jesus being baptized uh, by, by John the, the Baptist. Listen to what it says. It says here, when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, Matthew chapter three, verses 16, when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him. He saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and shining on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Mm. I want to encourage you today for those who have struggled with tying your worth to what you have or what others think about you and being addicted to, to what others think about us, whether that's good or bad. I want to remind you today that you're God's beloved. Yeah. You're God's beloved before your degree. You're God's beloved before you earn that paycheck. You're God's beloved before you get that uh, boyfriend or girlfriend in your life. You're God's beloved before you look at yourself in the mirror. You're God's beloved before you try and chase after your dreams or you try and live this, this life of yours. You are God's beloved and Remember this, the culture is gonna constantly push down your throat that you need to have things in order to feel worthy. Mm. But if you notice, Kev, when Jesus is baptized and he comes up out of the water, Jesus has done nothing, Kev. Um. Jesus hasn't proved himself worthy, even though we know he is. Yeah. Jesus hasn't been taking up to these mountains like the enemy took him, Satan, and said, hey, if you have all this, you, you'll be something. Jesus hasn't raised anyone from the dead. He hasn't walked on water. He hasn't called any disciples. I mean, he hasn't, in, in our terms, in our language, he's done nothing. Yeah. He's done nothing. He's just, the That's only crazy. thing he's done is he's gone to the, to the River Jordan and has yeah. been baptized by his cousin. John but he hasn't done anything and one of the first things that we hear from him doing nothing is the voice of God that says this is my beloved and I take great great joy in that today that that's the solution to being so addicted to what others think mm -hmm. that's the solution to finding true freedom is to get to that place where I believe more and what God says. Come on, yes. Than what others say. Yeah. I'm his beloved. Come on, talk to that man. So, man, I'm, I'm glad that, that you spoke on that. And actually, I'm going to have to look this up real quick because I heard something that that a mentor of mine, mm -hmm. um, and he, he, so I was going through a difficult time, and I remember 
I remember freaking out because I, I was, I attributed a lot my worth, right? Kind of how we, I talked about it last time is I, attribu- I attributed my worth to how, how, how someone else saw me, right? Especially in like relationships and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But this was something that, that really like, like wrecked me because it, it wrecked me in a good way. It made me feel fulfilled in knowing that what my worth was was not based on someone else was not based on what i had was based on what god saw me as right and so so this is this is what he sent he sent me this text after we we had like a nice one hour two hour conversation and he sends me this right after he says kevin don't forget this he says you're smart you're good looking you're funny you're spiritual you're cool nerdy you dress well you're sweet and your father is well pleased with you just because you're his son. Amen. And to me, when, when, when I read that, like, it was like this weight was lifted off my shoulders because I knew that I didn't have to prove myself. Right. Right. I, don't ha- I don't have to prove myself to anybody, and I definitely don't have to prove myself to God. Amen. Right? Because am I going to fall short every time? Most likely. Mm-hmm. But does that change the way God views me? No, he Never. doesn't never right like he he sees us as who we are and he takes us to what we could be and i think that's the that's the beautiful thing right is knowing that that as we are right now may not be good enough for us but it's good enough for god amen and by knowing that who we are right now is good enough for god should be good enough for us you know And, and by understanding that i know that whatever expectations we may set for ourselves, no matter what expectations society puts, puts on us, right, about, you know, how, how tall you have to be, how skinny you have to be, how buff you have to be, right, how fit you have to be, like, no, like, none of that matters. At the end of the day, as we, as we go about our weeks, go about our, our life, the thing that we should walk away with is knowing that we are God's beloved, like you said, and that should give us the encouragement to be ourselves, right? And, and I'll bring back that C.S. Lewis quote, right? Is we are never more like ourselves than when we are with God. Mm-hmm. And knowing, you know, and just sitting and meditating in that, in that, in the knowing that our worth is attributed to him. Amen. And his sacrifice on the cross. Like that's what he was Amen. thinking of when he died on the cross. He was thinking like, this is what you're worth to me. You're worth my life. Amen. And that should be enough. That should be the thing that encourages day in and day out when we're struggling and we're struggling with worth, we're struggling with how much we want to actually have. It all comes down to like, wait, none of of all this, none of this matters. At the end of the day, what matters to me is that, is how God sees me. And that should give us the courage to keep going. That's a great way for us to to end today. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful words and uh, what what powerful... um, what a powerful example that God gives us at that, uh, at that juncture in Jesus' life that we are God's beloved. Come on. And that's where true freedom comes. So today, I, I, we want to encourage you to every day just remind yourself, maybe when you look in the mirror, mm. uh, maybe before you get in the car, when you get in the car, Maybe before you jump on social media, I am God's beloved. There you go. Hey, we love you. You are God's beloved. And we're going to do this again next week. We're going to look at temptation number three. You are God's beloved. Take care. We'll see you.